You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And wow, sometimes life throws your such a major curveball that it affects your business. So if that is you today and you are looking at how do you rebuild, how do you restart that business, then you are going to want to stay tuned for today's episode of the Author to Authority podcast. I am so thankful and grateful to welcome back Mia Tor. She is a dear entrepreneurial friend. She has been on the Author to Authority podcast. Her episode was featured as one of the top 25 all-time episodes this past summer. So welcome to the show, Mia. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm so happy to be back here. So Mia, let's let's jump into it and then I'll I'll get you to update the audience a little bit on what's been going on. But first of all, let's just talk a bit about that concept of messy entrepreneurship that you were mentioning to me just before the call. Thank you, because my my business is called Authentic Networker. And it's caused me to have many, many conversations with entrepreneurs about what authenticity means to them. And the most interesting thing is everyone has a different definition of that word. It's almost like the word authenticity authenticity is inherently authentic. So you might ask one entrepreneur, what does authenticity mean to you? And they'll say, it means going off the grid. I'm like, okay. So someone else will say, authenticity to me, it means speaking my truth. I'm like, okay. <laughs> someone else, <laughs> like, authenticity means I can show up in a messy ponytail. And you'll say, okay. So it's very, very different for each of us. But one theme that seems really common that comes up is the ability to show up as you are, without having to embellish, without having to gloss over the messy parts. And something that is common to a lot of us working from home is that life and business are are not, they're not cleanly separated. <laughs> There's so much overlap, particularly, like spaghetti. <laughs> particularly after the pandemic, where now we're working from home, we're working with kids, we're working in circumstances where the business has been rocked in some way, hierarchy of needs doesn't have as stable a foundation anymore and you're yeah. self-actualized and the bottom of the pyramid has been pulled out like a tablecloth so when that happens can you show up imperfectly or does it stop you can you show up in the messiness and it be okay my green screen didn't work today so you get my plants on my closet door and is that okay right so what <laughs> what does it mean to show up imperfectly and what does it mean when entrepreneurship and life are not as as clean as you'd like them to be? I couldn't have said it better, Mia. 
Now, Mia Tor, she specializes in helping sales teams and service professionals who want to develop a strong client base of local clients and more casual conversations into business connections. Her international business networking community, Authentic Networkers, which I absolutely love, has a growing membership of over 26,000 entrepreneurs and business owners with satellite groups in 88 cities across five countries. She has decades of combined experience in corporate communication, stakeholder relations, fundraising, organizational leadership and storytelling, public speaking, teaching, and curriculum design. So I know today's conversation is going to be impactful and helpful. So Mia, we we just talked about that messy entrepreneurship. Why don't you share a bit about what's been going on in your life that's helping you with other entrepreneurs who are who are experiencing this these situations? Yeah, of course. So on authentic networkers began from a very messy place. So I, there were three young children, you know, I'd been, I'd been married to my business partner for some time. We had three young kids and there was a, there was a job loss, rocked our world. And we had to build a business very quickly and it built so quickly. We put a lot of of power into that, but having the, the mom hat, the little kids, all of that somehow showing up imperfectly allowed me to build a little networking group where we would talk about relationship marketing. I could coach on relationship marketing and started off as very self-serving in my messy place. So I had Thursday nights available for networking events because that's when my babysitter was free. I didn't want to go more than 15 minutes from my house because I had little kids. I had these constraints and I thought, I hate regular working events where you feel like you are having to put on a facade and you've got to make small talk and you have to endure the sales pitches and you've got pitch hard. None of that fit with me. And it felt a little selfish. I thought, I want to meet human beings. I want to laugh. I want to have a great conversation. I want to find out about you as a human and then learn about what you do as a business. So I started this little networking group. And it took on this cult following that I could not have predicted. And over three years, it grew. Actually, you have 88 cities there. We grew to 100 and, 102 cities or 104 oh, within three years. Now here's, right, fairy tale. This is, this is success. And then COVID happens. And most of us had to pivot one business. But my business was now teaching business owners how to run these authentic networker groups in 102 cities. And I had to pivot 102 group owners. (laughs) I had to work with 102 different people in different cities. Some cities were open. Some cities were closed. Some people were scared. Some people were on fire. And I was one person. And in over the course of the pandemic, three major things happened to my life, which led me to where I am now. And that is that the majority of those in-person groups closed down, though I continue to do business online. The business as I knew it, the success as I knew it changed dramatically. Yeah. The stress on the marriage was too much. And so I ended up with COVID divorce, became a single mom and became caregiver to my very sick elderly dad who has had a couple of strokes and emergency surgeries. He's, He's almost 90 now. And so the reason I say all this is that in that place of healing, And if any of you have had that kind of blindside, wow, you've got to re-examine who am I as a human being? 
-hmm. How were there faults that led to this outside of the external forces? Like, is there something in here that I need to work on, which is true for most of us? And what do I need to do in order to rebuild? What's relevant now? So here I am rebuilding and there's a lot of opportunity and then there's a lot of grace I have to give myself. And there's a risk there because one of my clients put it so succinctly. She said, bless you. She said when she was in a similar situation, she said, I gave myself grace, but then I graced myself into oblivion. So <laughs> is there such a thing as too much grace? And I've heard I think so. from many, many business owners that, okay, something happened. I mean, my story is not unique, but something happened to each of us that mm -hmm. us now, okay, now we're at home, we're building or we're rebuilding. Life is getting in the way. Parents are getting in the way. Kids are getting in the way. Move, big moves, business pivots, these things where business is perhaps not as cut and dry as it used to be. And yet we get to project this persona, this impression <laughs> of increase all the time. And it can rub up against imposter. So that's where I'm at with it now. I'm rebuilding this beautiful network. This community saved me. Having this business was the piece of my identity that stayed intact. Even if the format changed, when I was struggling, when I was in pain, having a community based in conversation and positivity and providing me with, with income is what saved me. So I'm now learning how to do that in a, in a life that's very interruption driven. I've got little kids, I've got caregiving tasks. And so I have to stop, start a lot. And that, that transition, it's a practice. It is definitely a practice for me. Well, I can definitely tell you, Mia, because I've been to the authentic networker meetings that you get to be a messy entrepreneur and everybody loves you. And one of the things I love about your group is that we can all just be ourselves. If we're having a bad day, it's okay to say, I'm not having a great day today right? Or if you're having a great day, then everybody, you know, if you're having a bad day, everyone comes alongside you and helps you. But if you're having a good day, they celebrate with you, right? And it's, it's all about being that that authentic. And, you know, I've had a few times in my life, where I had situations where I had to restart the business again, you know, one I won't talk about because it involves somebody else. And I don't want to share their personal stuff. But you know, September of 2020, uh, I'm in emergency with my heart not beating evenly and going about 180 beats a minute. And that was a huge wake up call. I w went through testing. Thankfully, I lived in Canada. So, you know, I went through all the, the testing and didn't have to pay for it. And, you know, they did every single test on my heart they could think of. And they just looked at me and said, well, first of all, you've got high blood pressure, which kind of made sense. And we think it's stress because we can't find anything wrong with your heart. Mm. And I went, okay. Now it took a while. I ended up having two more episodes again, one in November, one in April, 2021. But it was the wake up call I needed. I had to restructure my life, restructure the business, restructure how I do things, how much I do, you know, taking times for rest, stopping for lunch. Uh, I'm in a season right now where I'm having to restructure again uh, with my husband in school. But, you know, I'm trying to take a lunch hour where I don't work. I make mm -hmm. myself some lunch. I sit, I read. Oh, yeah, I even occasionally watch TV. 
Well, and because because I'm forcing myself to rest, right? Putting myself in a position of rest. And then, you know, last year, last September, we moved from Ontario to Nova Scotia. And all the momentum I had built up in the business was gone with having to move within a two-month period. So, you know, we basically had seven weeks to sell our house, pack our house, buy a house, move, get here, get set up, and have him, my husband, ready to go to school at 58 years old, back to university at 58 years old, and an apprenticeship program. <laughs> wow. You know transition. You know transition. Yeah. But here's the thing. You talked about grace, right? Mm -hmm. So I gave myself grace in that period. I knew physically that I could not do everything and keep up the business. Mm -hmm. So there was things I just let go of for that time. And I knew once we were here, once we were settled in, I would rebuild. And I did. I started rebuilding. You know, we got here September 9th. Two weeks later was Hurricane Fiona. <laughs> I've never been through a hurricane before. I hope I never go through it again. So Mia, you're, you, you understand Ontario weather. So, you know, I thought I understood storms, right? Because mm -hmm. in Ontario, we get, we get some pretty decent storms and tornadoes and things like that. Yeah. I, I come to Nova Scotia and there's a hurricane. Yeah. That was nothing in Ontario compared to living through a hurricane. Wow. It was, it was weird. Like the whole house, because of the winds, the whole house was actually slightly vibrating. So when you were walking, like through your center of balance wow. off kilter. Wow. Because the house was just ever so, with the wind, it was just vibrating a little bit. And, you know, you're sitting there and I've never been anywhere that was so pitch black wow. because it kicked the power out. Like we lost power in the middle of the night, but. The, the clouds were so dark, like there was no moon, there was no stars, no power, so no external lighting, no internal lighting. It was pitch black and you could hear everything, but you couldn't see it. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I, I'm like, and we had no house insurance. So I spent the whole night praying. I'm like, okay, God, you brought us here to Nova Scotia for things you wanted us to do. And now we're in a hurricane. So you better protect this house because we have no insurance. <laughs> Your house God, will be standing. <laughs> well, God was good. We had no damage to our house. We had a couple of shingles off of a shed and that was it. So God was really gracious. But yeah, it's that, it's that grace that you allow yourself. But I loved what you said, what your friend said, that she graced herself into oblivion. Because there, there does come a time where you allow yourself grace. There's also when you have to pick yourself up and say, okay, enough grace. Yes. I got to get back to the grindstone. Enough grace. I had beloved business coach talk to me about the different voices in your head. Mm -hmm. One of those voices is the dear sweet granny. And the granny <laughs> says, there, there, dear. Oh, you're so tired. Let me pour you some tea. Just have a sit. You don't need to work on that right now. And at some point you're like, okay, granny, get out. Like at some point. You got to send granny packing. Granny serves us. And yeah. there is a point where it is very, very easy to stay in that space because, because of the overwhelm, right? Especially yeah. if you've had the kind of transition that rocks your identity. Yeah. In my case, how did I identify myself before this pandemic? It was 
the success of my business was was a, a great identifier for me. Maybe that just served my ego, but it it meant something to me. And then I had my I had my marriage, I had my home, I had all of these things that made me who I was, and all of them got turned on their head. Yeah. What part of me is consistent? And that's when you give yourself the grace. And it's like peeking out from under the blanket, thinking, okay, what do I have to share now that matters? What what mm -hmm. can I what can I take forward from this in my personal leadership? Yeah. For my for myself as a human being for my family i have five people depending on me now <laughs> and and for the people that i'm here to serve yeah yeah well i wish i had a granny like yours <laughs> my okay well my i won't talk about the one grandmother because she had a lot of issues but my other grandmother was a single black mother back in the 19 late 1930s 1940s <laughs> And she was the matriarch of the fa family. And there was no poor, poor, poor. It was mm -hmm. like, get yourself, do what you're supposed to do. And I don't care if you don't like it. It needs to be done. And your only response to her was, yes, grandma. <laughs> even, even my dad, my dad, his brother and his sister. If, if grandma told them to do something, the response was yes. Yes, mom, <laughs> I'll do it. When do you want it done by? She she was the matriarch and you did not go against her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, she loved us all. Yes. Okay. There was no question that we were loved, but in her world there were no excuses. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I I think I think sometimes we need both. Mm -hmm. I think we need both grandmothers. We do. Sometimes we need that grandmother that goes, "Okay, dear, come here, have a hug, have a cup of tea." have a cookie, mm -hmm. tell me all your problems, right? <laughs> and then you need the grandmother that goes, tea time's done, get up. <laughs> right. And to be perfectly clear, I didn't, I barely knew my grandmother. So I didn't, this is an imaginary, <laughs> we have a grandma serving me tea. So you can see what the little girl in me needs. Like, please, someone bring me a tea and tuck me in, right? There was something in there, craving that, creating that narrative for myself. Well, I'll have to see next time how I how I can give you a virtual tea for the next authentic networkers meeting. I have a big old colorful water bottle here, so that's that's going to be my tea. I'll hydrate. So, Mia, I would love for you to share. You know, we've talked a lot about the situation, but I would I would love for you to take a few minutes and just share. You know, how do you start to to move through this season? Like, yeah. what are some tools that people can take with them today if they're in that situation and they're like, I don't even know where to look, let alone where to start? Mm -hmm. That is a great question. And it can be potentially overwhelming. The overwhelm of it can can be paralyzing. So yeah. the things that I have done and the things that I have created for my clients who are in transition, they look at a few different pieces of this puzzle. And the first one is to remember yourself as a whole person, mm -hmm. as a whole Person. It's not just about sitting down with your mission and vision and values and doing the business strategizing, because that part is essential. But yes. you have to put the pieces in place that allow you to show up functionally in your business yes. when life has rocked you. So you might be feeling like you're missing a little self-care. You might be feeling like you can't focus. You might be feeling like 
the, the stress is getting in the way of the decision making. So looking at the human being that is you first, and how can you create a transition into workflow that works for you? I'm neurodivergent, so it's got to be very specific for me. What works for you to transition back into getting your butt in the seat when the granny's offering you tea? And what structure can you create for yourself outside of those business hours that allows you to fill your cup because you cannot pour from an empty cup? And so that's yeah. step one. And of those pieces, one piece for me that was essential was movement. And mm -hmm. I think I could have slipped into vice so easily. I have a little addictive personality. I could have been gaming, drinking, shopping, <laughs> any number of things, any number mm -hmm. of ways that I could have coped with that stress because I, I needed to numb. That was a lot for, of feelings. For me, it's the bathtub calls my name with a book. <laughs> and so it's to relax what you need for you. For me, it, it was movement. I am, I'm the little ADHD kid who, you know, you can't settle them. They need to go out to the playground and burn off their energy. That's what I needed to do. And maybe the first year and a half, two years, every single day, uh, I was getting myself into my basement. Now, here's something that happened that was very lucky for me was that I came into a small inheritance at the time that all of this happened. Sadly, my aunt and uncle, who were married to each other, both passed away within three months of each three months of each other, maybe two right. years. And that had been held up for a long time, and I hadn't even thought about it. And all of a sudden, this little little gift of an inheritance came to me, and I thought, what could I do with it? And I realized what I needed was movement. At the time, all the gyms were closed, and I took that gift of their their love and that inheritance, and I turned it into a little basement gym. I got myself a bike. I got myself a tread. I got a nice yoga mat and some juicy weights and I raged it out. I would weep. I did what I needed to do because for me, that movement was meditation. That, yeah. that, that angst I was feeling emotionally was coming out in that effort and it was serving me, right? It was helping me sleep. It was helping me process the health side of things. A little cheaper than therapy. <laughs> <laughs> But at that time, I didn't have any other outlets. We were in lockdown. Yeah. So that, for me, was the thing. And if you know yourself well, you'll know that in those times when you have felt soothed by something that adds back life rather than, rather than, than taking away from your life, what can you do that breathes life into you, even if it's tiny? Yeah. It's a mini retreat with a cup of your favorite tea. Get the good tea. To take, but yeah. be mindful. So that was my first step. And the second step was I could not focus. I, mean, I can't focus at the best of times, but I really couldn't focus now. And the best thing I did was to create a transition routine for myself. And it yeah. was eight steps long. And it was whenever I'm interrupted, whenever I don't feel like working, what are the predictable steps I can take to get myself into flow? And so yeah. the step was pour something delicious. That's my dopamine, right? I need to front load the dopamine. So I'm like, okay, I have a delicious tea that I can only drink when I'm working. <laughs> so that was pour something delicious. The second was put on my headphones, right? Create the space and, and a playlist. And number three was set my intention, figure out what it is I want to achieve because otherwise yeah. I'll, I'll go all over the place. I would literally write it on a post-it note and stick it on my computer. It was <laughs> write the damn email. And I would write that on a post-it note, stick it to my computer. So when I find myself watching a cat on the internet, 
that post-it note is there reminding me what I'm supposed to <laughs> I would close all distractions. That was a specific step. Close the phone, turn off distractions, put them away. Because if my phone is here, I will reach for it. Uh, one step was to something I got from Stephen Pressfield, who wrote The War of Art. Mm -hmm. He says, poke the muse when you're writing. So I wrote a little invocation to the muse. I said, oh, muse, your spirit of inspiration, please help me to write today with the end in mind. Keep me off Facebook and Amazon and online. <laughs> me to help the people who need helping. Help me ship this thing. And I would say it out loud, sounds dumb, but I would say it. And then if I found myself drifting, because those are numbing, those are those are numbing activities, I would come back to that intention. So I, I had these things. And then I would set a timer. And then I'd tinker for a while. And then I would get it done. And that, that whole routine took about five minutes. And that five minutes saved me hours of procrastination. If I yes. did that transition routine, I'd procrastinate all day. Yeah. And I began to reward myself just for doing the get and focus routine. On my task list, I would get a point if I did the routine because that made everything else easier. Love so, it, love it. Yeah, that's, that's the start. That's the start <laughs> of working through the messiness yeah. with the transition. You know, something you said just brought back a memory. You talked about giving yourself your favorite drink only when you were working. <laughs> and when my kids were little, and I was doing direct sales and I'd need to be calling people in evenings to get orders and things like that. I was selling cosmetics. Uh, the kids had one VHS. That's, that's how old it was. It was a VHS. It was a Sesame Street, the 25th anniversary Sesame Street VHS. And it was filled with all the songs that they love. So the only time they got to watch it was when mommy was working. Right. And, uh, you know, the thing was you had to stay on the couch for half an hour and watch this. No fighting. You didn't interrupt mommy unless you were puking or bleeding. And it couldn't be bleeding because your brother or sister hit you. <laughs> but, but but it worked, right? Because And we wore that VHS out over, over time. But it taught them. And I didn't make it too long. Like I knew half an hour was the extent that I could get out of them, right? But I made sure that I... I had everything ready beforehand. So while they were playing, I'd get all my papers ready. You know, I had everything and I would do it in the bedroom because it was right beside the living room. So I'd have everything spread out on my bed so that I knew exactly who I was going to call and all this so that when I put that VHS on, I could walk in the bed, like make half an hour of phone calls. Right. And when you only have that half an hour, you have that half an hour, you get it done. If you gave yeah. yourself four hours to do it, <laughs> you'd mess around probably for four hours until the <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I love the idea of rewarding yourself. And and so I did. I would reward myself. But I also rewarded the kids, too. So okay. I told them that, you know, if mommy could earn so much money because you sat quietly while mommy made her phone calls, then it was usually something like you'd get an ice cream cone from Dairy Queen or something like that. And when when they're three, I mean, man, that's a big deal, right? It's huge. And and kids at any age, that, that's, that is one of the biggest pieces of messy entrepreneurship. There must be so many parents who are right here right now. Hi, I see you. I see you. <laughs> Depending on the age of your kids, that is part of the messiness. 
remember before the pandemic, there was that guy on the BBC, you know, and his kids came in while he was being recorded. And then his wife dove like a, <laughs> like a football superstar to pull them out. That was before. And, and that was like, that was like. <gasps> it was shocking. Millions <laughs> of views. And then all of us had that same experience the following year. <laughs> trailblazer, that guy. He was a trailblazer. But so two things are coming to me based on what you said. And one of them is related to kids figuring out what are the things you can do just for those times when you need to focus. Blessed now that my kids are a little bigger. They're 14, 12, and eight. The eight-year-old still comes in. She loves that I'm on Zoom call. She's a bit of an extrovert. So she sees me on a big Zoom. I don't lock that door. She's like, I'm Sabine. She pops in and she like shows up on the Zoom with 300 people. I have to... Gently. And she wants everyone to say hello to her. And... Hello. and so what works for me, for them at this, it's two things. One of them is I will pay the older ones a couple of bucks to, to ensure no interruptions by babysitting the little one. Well, I'll, I will pay them and they're very money motivated. I'm like, two bucks if you can keep her quiet for half an hour. They're like, done, man. I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> That's great. The other thing I, I did, so I went into Canva and I found a template for a door knocker. And I made a door knocker that on one side says, shh, <laughs> I said, and it said right now, concentration or focus or silence or rest is needed. Don't interrupt. The backside of that door knocker says interrupt at your own risk and only if the house is burning down or someone is bleeding or so help me. So it's got a nice side. <laughs> and it's <got> a <laughs> I printed that door knocker. I laminated it. I still have a laminator in my basement for my teaching day. So I laminated the thing and that goes on the door and they respect it. They respect the rude side way more than the polite side. They don't always follow the polite side, but when it says interrupt at your own risk, I'm left alone to do my thing. This wouldn't work with younger children, but for no. it's just that visual reminder that when my door is closed and this token is on the door, this is a boundary. And it's a boundary we're holding. And I and I respect that that requires effort for them. I respect that they need things from me. And then I promise to honor that before and after the call. So that before the call, I'm checking in with them. After the call, I'm checking in with them. And very clear to them what I need in that space with a visual reminder that's on the door. And so, the thing is, like, if it's a true emergency, they know they can come in, right? No, right? And the same, the same with my parents. I was in a full day of coaching the other day and my dad had breathing issues and I had to shut it down and go to the emergency room. And those, those are real, those are real life interruptions. Mm -hmm. When those happen, it now becomes a mindset question. Yeah. Do I wallow in that, oh, <laughs> that interruption, that feeling of letting someone down, of having to switch, yeah. of feeling, acutely feeling that imperfection as failure or as inadequacy, like unprofessionalism, or can you show up in your authentic voice to your community to allow for things like that to happen? Yeah. So there's yeah. that. Mia. One other thing you said really fast I want to touch on when you talked about rewarding yourself. Yes. As a neurodivergent person, I want to reiterate, I must reward myself for getting started, not for finishing. The reward for finishing does not motivate me and I don't finish. But if I can reward myself for beginning the task, that is what is essential for me. 
See, I'm the reverse. If I reward myself at the beginning, it never starts. See? <laughs> you have to know your own brain. You have to know your own brain. A little self-discovery goes a long way because we're all so different. We're wired differently. Mia, we are out of time. I, I have so many things that we could do to continue. Goodness, yes. Conversation. We could talk habits. We could talk strategy. All of those are essential for transition as well. And I have a program coming out that does all of these things. We address the whole human. And then the clarity on the business strategy side, setting the goals, creating the habits and accountability to get you back on track. Yeah. But take care of yourself as a whole human being first before anything. That's that's the key. So Mia, if someone's listened to this today and they're like, I need that program, how do they connect with you? Well, the best way to connect with me in the messiness is by email. And it's Mia at authenticnetworker.com. That is awesome. So Mia, I'm going to give you an opportunity to share one final thought as we close out here. Oh, goodness. There's no pressure there at all. Um, (laughs) I think that the final thought is that the pandemic gave all of us a gift related to this messiness. And that is prior to the pandemic, we were a lot more focused on appearing perfect. And then this came along and you'd see you'd see you'd see national broadcasts with people in their living rooms in their pajamas. And it told me the business has now become more casual and more accepting of us. And in mm-hmm. fact, the message is in your mess. Yes. The message is in your mess. You don't have to be perfect. It actually backfires for you to show up in your wholeness, in your wholeness, in your flaws and in your strengths is yeah. what makes business possible and get some accountability to help you through it in, in your imperfection, in your glorious perfect and perfect. I love it. I love it. Audience, if you have enjoyed this episode and you're watching on YouTube, you will see a thumbnail somewhere on the screen. Still haven't figured it out yet, but you will see a thumbnail and that will be episode 386, which is Mia's top all-time 25 episode, which Uh, back in July, and it's casual conversations that turn into business connections. So you want to make sure that you click on that thumbnail. If you are listening on your podcast app, scan back a bit. It'll probably be a bit because we're this will be like episode 434. I don't know. I've lost track. (laughs) Anyway, whatever the number is, you're going to have to scan back uh it's an episode well worth listening to so audience thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the very next episode Bye. you've been listening to the author to authority podcast the extraordinary word ninja kim thompson pinder has helped over 200 entrepreneurs professionals Speakers and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. 
See you next time.